James, Alice and Jim. Now everybody at PTC knows Jim because he's just directed the sold out show Apologia. Huge round of applause for that and it's brilliant. And we have two new people with us, James and Alice, both first timers to PTC. A very warm welcome. How are you doing? Very well, thank, thank you. you. Very well, thank you. Now, James, you're playing Higgins. Yes. And Alice, no surprises, you're playing Eliza. I mean, if I turned around and said Colonel Pickering, that would be hilarious, but sadly Very not. aggressive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it all going? James, tell me, the first time at PTC, are we enjoying our experience? You can't really say no, I know. Yeah, it's been lovely. Everyone has been incredibly, incredibly welcoming, friendly. The show itself is coming together nicely. We're two and a half weeks out. Feels like we need to do it a bit longer, but, you know, we'll be, we'll be fine. We'll be good. But that's always the same for any show, and I'm sure yeah. we're all seasoned professionals. Yeah, you know yeah, that two yeah. and a half weeks ago there's always yeah. a mild state of panic yes yes i think so and then come monday <clears throat> i.e tomorrow you'll be going oh this is going to be amazing it's everyone knows their lines of course they do and their dance steps all good in the hood alice eliza what an iconic part to play how excited are you it's such a privilege not only for this for my fair lady to be my first play but to be cast as eliza in my first play um it having not done acting since i was at school it's a very big role to step into after a sort of long hiatus you might call it but even just joining PTC, I've always, I've been so surprised, I guess, it's probably a bad thing, but how the sense of community, everyone is just equally as keen to step up and help. And it truly is an ensemble play. And I think Tom has directed it so it has that effect and it has that joy of being in it with everyone. Because yeah. it's quite a big cast. So there's 16 of you? Yes. Yeah? So, and do people double up in the ensemble so they're in every sort of chorus scene? Lots of double ups, lots of very quick changes for the maids, I believe. Um, <laughs> so from maids to cockneys, or, or maybe yeah. even cockney maids. It's true. I think we have a queen of Transylvania to a maid in you know, one scene change, so that'll be quite interesting. But um... Brilliant. And now Jim, mm. returning to the stage, as I just said after you're directing Apologia, as Freddie. That's right. Oh, lovely little Freddie. Who doesn't love Freddie? <laughs> now, how has Freddie so transformed into the 21st century do we think well that's an interesting question i mean the thing that i love about freddie is he for people who don't know he is very much a member of high society polite society but um he meets eliza he's quite smitten straight away this is in a very public event but when he sees her recently acquired elocution and etiquette fail that's when he is completely smitten completely head over heels for us so i think what you get there is that freddie actually falls for the real eliza he's basically a posh boy who likes a bit of rough (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as far as modernizing him it's not a question of modernizing freddie i think the entire modernizing seems like such a loaded word but the interpretations within this story I mean, there's there's so many different ways you can look at it as far as the gender politics and the behaviour of the men. I think it's a real men as boys kind of show. And the story from the beginning to the end really is Eliza's story. And it's about 
the decisions she makes and, and the power plays that she makes throughout. Well, exactly. And I was going to say, now, I'm assuming, of course, dear listener, that everybody knows the story of My Fair Lady because it's based on George Bernard Shaw's Pygmalion. But for those people that don't, maybe... James, if you would just give us a quick synopsis. A quick synopsis. Um, Do you feel like you're a sort of English A-level here? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> in very general terms, uh, you, you know, at the start of the play, Henry Higgins is in Covent Garden taking down notes of interesting accents. He's a linguist. Uh, he encounters Eliza, who is a flower girl in Covent Garden. The conversation kicks off about whether or not you could change Eliza's accent into something which would be able to allow her to have access into high society. And can um, I just ask, interject, now do we think that he takes on that challenge by from Pickering just purely for his own arrogance, or do we think he actually is that good I, that he would yeah. be able to take any accent and... I think, we, I think we're inclined to believe that Higgins knows his stuff. Right. And, and I think one of the nice things about the play is it's not... It's not just a straightforward bad man manipulating poor vulnerable girl. You know, she's she's a participant in the whole process as well. She's kind of she's she's active and engaged. She actually goes to him to say, "Look, you said in Covent Garden the other night that you could help me speak like a duchess and get a job in a flower shop." Her idea is getting a job in a flower shop in Tottenham Court Road rather than having to sell flowers on the street in very practical terms. So he takes that on. By the end of the play, he has given her kind of greater agency by by his by his kind of skills. So I think I think we I think we can see that Higgins knows his stuff, yes. but we also can see that he's kind of quite full of him. He's full of himself, he's kind of blown he's up quite as bombastic, a, a bit bombastic isn't he, as a character. You know. so. He's also a confirmed bachelor, so doesn't have the improving improving addition of a woman in his life at any point and indeed sings a song about the fact that he would never allow a woman in his life whilst spending his most of the part thing kind of sort of falling in love with Eliza we think well, so we don't really is, know this is the interesting dichotomy isn't it because mm. of course as you rightly said it is Eliza's story and so your ambition as a flower girl is to have your own shop on mm. Tottenham Court Road which we have to remember in um, Victorian was it Edwardian in England when this was written Edwardian England. thank you very much that would have been a pinnacle of her career she would have been a businesswoman as a result which is mm. huge so your story as James rightly said, you go to Higgins and say, hold on a minute, I heard you last night saying you could improve my voice, which improves my aspirations in life. So tell me, though, without a spoiler alert to those who don't know it, how have you reconciled that at the end of the play? I think she has quite good boundaries that she wants to set. Mm. Um, in one of the penultimate scene- scenes, she doesn't demand love and gestures from neither of the men that she hangs around with. She would prefer... Well, firstly, kindness, I think, from Higgins. I think she feels underappreciated. Passed over is her phrase that she uses. And I think what you were saying earlier about it's not just about a man picking up a vulnerable girl off the street and training her. She has spirit. Mm. Um, She is, as you say, she is the one who goes over. She sets boundaries. She says, no, you won't treat me like this. I know I'm going to leave. She threatens to leave so many times because he says inappropriate things and references prostitution. And she is very, she's a very proud woman. Mm. At the beginning of the play, she's incredibly worried about her status as being seen as a beggar because at the time begging was illegal. So she's very much like, no, no, you will take the flower with me and you will buy it off me. I'm not going to take just money off you as like a, I'm some common beggar on the street because then I, I won't have a life. So she has a real vision and I, I respect her for that. She's a real go sister. It's quite modern, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think we, the tendency 
is to look at Eliza as a victim. As a and, doll. Yeah, and, and Higgins yeah. as a bully or no. a manipulator. But I think what you're saying is actually, no, 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 she makes her, absolutely, she makes her own decisions. She's and very she calculated. She and yeah. she leaves Higgins as soon as she understands that, yes, he's done the most for me. We've had the most of his business transaction. I've learned everything I need to know. But you're not adding anything to my life. So I'm going to go off and marry Freddie. Maybe. And do you think they'd be happy? Maybe. Freddie and Eliza? I mean, I love, I love the fact that you said, you know, he actually falls in love with a real Eliza. Yeah, I think Freddie would like to think that they would be. Um, I'm, the greater question there, I, I think we're unsure. Um, little letting people in behind the scenes at the moment. We haven't actually decided on how the final scene is going to play because <laughs> the, exactly. So um, people listening won't know how exactly how it's going to end. We don't at this point because it will be based on on a sequence of events that we're still examining. What I was, I had this thought. I don't know if this is dreadfully pretentious and not my place as, as not the director of this show <laughs> but um i was thinking about the title my fair lady I, you know obviously eliza is the the titular fair lady but who is the my referring to Ooh, yes and, well there's obvious you can go with higgins and then there's other men in her life that would like to claim ownership her father alfie and of course freddie but actually i think the my could refer to eliza and it's it's her finding herself throughout this this mm. whole story and that, I think, is actually more interesting than who does she pick. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Or it could be my fair lady. As the... We all have a fair lady within us. <gasps> we oh, do. Oh, particularly James. On a good day, perhaps. Um, it is worth saying, though, that it is very funny. <laughs> I was going to say, no, we now um, need to talk about the I mean, I mean it, it is, it, yes, I mean, on one level, it is a searing indictment of misogyny in sort of 1930s England. But on the other hand, this is a very funny musical with fabulous songs. It's a great night out, you know, and and in rehearsing it, we have made ourselves laugh all the way through it, you know, and, and, and in all sorts of odd places and sometimes in the wrong places. But, <laughs> but it is genuinely very good. And the, the songs are so strong. The, the book songs is are so iconic, strong. aren't they? I mean, yeah. Everybody knows. And they're yeah. perfectly, they're believably English, which given that the musical was written by Americans, is yes. surprising. That is actually. Because it, it had it first run on in Broadway. It's only Don't Sing a Fall. That, yes. That's yeah, the only mentioning bit. Mentioning a that, fall, that's the only part where they slip like, up. Seasons, you mean yes. Yes. It's we hits yeah, yeah, that, yeah. don't we? Yeah, it's a same today. Sorry, American listener, but um, <laughs> honestly, why is it a fault? I don't understand. But the, but there's quite captured... a rude joke about Americans not using English yeah. in one of the songs. They've really well, captured so. the, the essences <laughs> of what it is to be English and how we have our quirks and how we view certain types of foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Unquote, yeah. um, unquote. So we have singing, we all know that. We have sure. dancing, yeah. choreographed by the amazing Lyndall. Mm. Oh. Now, she has, well, must have the patience of a saint. Because there's a lot of you. I'm sure they, we have a mixability of dancers, I think I shall say in the kindest way. I'm, so, are we enjoying it? Is it? I mean, put it this way, I dance like a professor of linguistics. Which Brilliant. is appropriate, appropriate for this, perfectly cast for this part. <laughs> yes. Um, you studied it hard, didn't some, you? Some, sure some of my colleagues here dance far more, far more elegantly than I do. And some of the, night, the set pieces with the kind of ensemble are really lovely. They kind of give everything a nice bounce and energy, which is beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I think it will, I think the movement will work i think we also have to give a shout out to richard who's our musical director who's oh, been absolutely yes, incredible sorry, just in um articulating what is required from you know very very complicated harmonies famously complicated um and then also just the his own musicianship and the way he's putting it together and the way he's accommodated the kind of uh, backing tracks that he's provided us to practice with it's just made it 
much much easier and you know let's be honest this is the first established musical that ptc has done in certainly the nine years i've been here and like since i mean obviously i only obviously i mean i joined in 2016 so we've never done one before i do know that we did do um charlie brown which um i don't know when that was done but that's all my time but obviously richard campbell who is the md for my fair lady for those of you who are astute enough would have recognized that name of course from dick whittington last year the panto and he was sublime Honestly, he would have little theme tunes for each character as they, he would just make up. Wow. He is a genius. So we have massively lucked out in getting Richard. So we are in for great things, dear listener, aren't we? I can't wait. So two and a half weeks. I oh. don't say it. <laughs> you know, it's one of my favourite things I say every podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, and I'm looking at the cars going, oh. Uh, I'd like to step in yeah. there because <laughs> I, for listeners who've been here a while, that just can't freak me out ever since I was involved in School for Scandal a few years back, which was literally, I think, a three or four week rehearsal period outdoors during COVID. Um, but we've got two weeks, two and a half weeks to go. We've had three full runs of the show already during the rehearsal process. Kudos Tom is to very you, keen friends. on this, this idea of a minimum viable product, mm. um, which he's been working on. So, I mean, I came in from, from doing Apologia I think three or four weeks into the process. And then later that week, we did a run. The the skeleton has been there for a long time and we're just building the flesh now. I've no anxiety about getting rid of it. It's about lovely. There were lots of lovely little moments we 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 know will be great. And it's just about getting the timing of them right. It's getting the the sort of, just getting the business right. Uh, But it is, uh, Jim's absolutely right. We are, we're in that nice stage now where, we we do know our lines. We do know our songs. We know where we are. We know where we're supposed to stand. And it's now it's about just, just and but, about really leaning into your character even more now that you're not worried about what you're saying when you're meant to say it. And that's what I'm so excited for is the first night. And then you just capture that adrenaline. Oh, and absolutely. you can just do anything with it and carve your own trench of influence for the audience. It's I'm so excited for that, yeah. And from an audience point of view, when you see a cast of any play that is so easy and familiar with what they're doing you've you without sounding too pretentious you forget that you're you know that it's a play it's yes a, you, you really get invested in what's I mean, happening we will be transporting stage. people back to edward yeah. in, England, oh, in, in a very in a real and metaphorical sense <laughs> and, and, and what a better way to start the christmas season i know, you know just just running into christmas a, a musical only at the bottom of the road you don't have to worry about going into the west end on a train and it warms it's, your cockles it's done it love. it's going to be yeah, absolutely lovely. brilliant lovely so Please, if you don't lovely. if you don't buy a ticket you will regret it for the rest of your yes, life. I oh will. wow, that's that's for the yeah. rest of and tickets are selling like crazy. They Absolutely are. like crazy. I've got half of half of Wales coming down to see me. Only half. Where's Ooh, the other half? I know. I don't know what the other half <laughs> think they're doing. They've all made excuses. And he's absolutely right, dear listener. And in case you know it hasn't been committed to your memory, you can get tickets via the website www.putneyartstheatre.org.uk, and they are really selling it. And I know you always think I always say this. I know I do, but it, it happens to be true. And we, you know, Amadeus, we had 80% capacity for the audience. We sold out three of the six productions. So enjoy yes. today. Enjoy the rest of your rehearsals. And um, thank you very much for dropping in and having a chat. Thank, thank you. you. Lovely. Thank you very much. Pleasure. This is a real Putney Theatre Company production. Do share the podcast with your friends and take a look at our website, searching online for the Putney Theatre Company. So that's it for now. See you next time.